Let's go! From the four corners of the globe, welcome to the Park Chat Theme Park Podcast. Join us as we dive deep into a world of fun and adventure to discover what Australia's theme parks are all about. Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of Park Chat. I am joined by Ash and Matt. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, good. How are you? Yeah, very well. I mean, I'm coming off of a cold or a flu or something. It is that time of the year, unfortunately. But tonight we have got a very interesting topic. We are going to be looking at the relocation of Surfrider from Wet Wild to Movie World. And later on in the episode, we'll probably touch base on some other ride relocations that have happened over the years and maybe do like a bit of a comparison as to, you know, the logistics of ride relocations in the theme park industry. Uh, But before we get into that, Surfrider is currently in the process of being relocated from Wet n' Wild, which has been standing but not operating for quite a few years. Actually, when did Surfrider shut at Wet n' Wild? Well, I can tell you that in 10 seconds. (laughs) Well, that's a very interesting question there, Blake, and I know it off the top of my head, courtesy of RCTB. Uh, So, it officially opened in 2007, shutting in 2020, Uh, so SBNO since then, which, to be honest with you, I actually thought it was before 2020, so there you go. Yeah, I thought that too, but I guess it makes sense, you know, with COVID and everything, so it was probably like the perfect excuse to shut it down. So, it's been SBNO for a number of years. I believe the Surfrider was removed off of the Wet n' Wild website at around about December last year. And over the past few months, we've seen some development within Superman Escape's ride envelope. They've put down a big slab of concrete. They started putting, um, can't remember what you call them now, but the points, you know, where the supports actually bolt into the, the slab. And the track has been disassembled and it looks like it's getting reprimed to get a nice new coat of paint. Interesting, though, as well, because it only just received a repaint at Wet n' Wild. Oh, really? When you say recently, though, how recently was that, Matt? Um, If you go to my um, knowledge, (laughs) google.com, there is an article from Julux in regards to the repaint that happened. Is there a way that we can find out when the article was posted? Well, I've just asked ChatGPT, so give me a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. Uh, October 22, 2020. Oh, okay. So, I'm sharing the link with you guys now. Um, If you're listening from home, unfortunately, you're just going to have to Google it. Um, But if you just search Surfrider and Julux, it usually comes up. Well, that's very interesting considering that maybe the intention was to reopen Surfrider at Wet n' Wild, but now- during the two-year period, they thought, no, nah, it's not worth reopening it. Went well, let's move it to Movie World. And again, we'll get into the reasons as to why that might be the case a little bit later. But it is getting repainted, whether it's going to get a completely brand new color scheme or if it's going to retain the old color scheme, we don't know. But whatever color scheme it's going to get, I think is going to be a very, very good indicator as to what it's going to be themed to. Now, It's obviously going to be DC themed, given that it's 
located smack bang right in the middle of Superman Escapes' ride envelope. Well, we, we'd say so. I think crazier things have happened, though, haven't they? Yeah, but I'm going to give Village Roadshow the benefit of the doubt here. They're going to be consistent with the theme. You've got Green Lantern, you've got DC Rivals, you've got Justice League, and obviously you've got Superman and Batwing Space Shot, of course. I for- nearly forgot about that. But I've heard pretty much every other DC character as being potential candidates to being the theme for this ride. I have heard The Flash, I have heard Aquaman, I have heard Wonder Woman, and I've also heard Supergirl. I've heard Wonder Woman, but I haven't heard the others yet. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Because, I mean, like, I swear, like, I've heard four different theories. Like, well, four different people say, no, it's going to be Aquaman. No, it's going to be The Flash. No, it's going to be this. I mean, I didn't hear Wonder Woman until I think you told me it was going to be Wonder Woman. I think I read Wonder Woman on Parks, potentially. Ah, okay. See, Mm. I thought Aquaman and The Flash made the most sense because the ride car is already shaped to a surfboard, so I thought maybe they could justify, you know, keeping the aquatic theme. But The Flash one also made sense, too, because I think they were going to re-theme the train to being a skateboard. And I think, does The Flash ride a skateboard in the comic books? I'm not sure about that. Well, I'm just doing a little Google and- when I search Flash Skateboard, you can buy Flash Skateboards. So, that's my contribution. Okay. So, if we were all gambling men, what would you place your bets on as to which DC character it is going to be themed to? I feel like it won't make sense, whatever it is. That's just my two cents. I think it's going to be around the latest release of DC, which I don't even know what that is. But to me, that's what it's going to be. Just something that syncs well with a a new release and that markets well on TVC and all that. Well, the newest or upcoming DC film is The Flash. So, based on that logic, I would say it is going to be The Flash. Okay. That's a good call. But there's also Aquaman 2 in production as well. So it could be either or. I'm I'm I am going to go with the Flash. I think Aquaman makes more sense, but I still personally if I was in charge of that, I would make it some sort of metropolis themed kind of make the area feel a bit more sort of brought together, but I don't believe that a metropolis themed roller coaster would really maybe Supergirl, and haven't we heard rumors of that early on? Yeah, Supergirl was one of the characters that has been floating around in the rumor mill as being one of the potential candidates, which, you know, again, you know, Superman, Supergirl. It would have been cool if it was a villain, if it was Lex Luthor or Bizarro. But then again, you're doubling up on that because you also have the villains unleashed area. But I think I would like to see it mesh in with the theme of Superman, almost like there's this big earthquake that's shutting down the subway. Is that caused by a supervillain? And is that supervillain just outside the subway? But we'll see how how they incorporate it into the area. Is it deep like that or is it just superhero bang? I actually really love that idea, Matt. I was thinking they should retheme Superman Escape to play off whatever the new ride's going to be, but yours makes so much more sense. They could just slightly update Superman Escape to go in with the story of whatever the new half-pipe ghost is going to be themed to. That is, like, genius. But, yes, it's probably not going to happen, unfortunately. You know, it's really interesting that you guys bring that up because I remember back in the day when Superman Escape was being constructed – And the theory that was floating around was for the pre-show section that 
Lex Luthor was creating earthquakes in Metropolis. It wasn't a naturally occurring earthquake. It was actually being caused by Lex Luthor. So it'd be really interesting if they did expand upon that by adding this new attraction. And I don't know, the Surfrider could be like an earthquake causing machine or something. Yeah. I don't know, like a boring machine. That's cool. Wasn't there concept art of some form of a Lex Luthor ride in that area wasn't it like a observation tower or something it was like the triton mark one basically yeah. yeah right oh no no i take that back no it had three now that i remember i had three arms and then each of those i don't think it was just a yeah i think i'm wrong there but it, yeah it was something like matt was saying so it marries up to what you were saying i guess there's been an ongoing plan of putting a supervillain in the area so that could be what they're going for or they may have forgotten that and they as i said before they may just put in a randomly themed ride well, it's pretty commonplace for ideas to be kind of thrown around and then, you know, whether it's, you know, licensing issues or budgeting issues or any other issues that may stop a project completely dead in its tracks. I mean, we were just saying before, you know, the Wizard of Oz precinct was originally meant to be themed to Joker's Funhouse. And somewhere along the line, that just got thrown in the trash can and they've replaced it with Wizard of Oz, which I personally think is a much, much better choice. You know, we've got way too much emphasis on superheroes and villains in movie world as is. I mean, I know we're going to be getting another one now, but at least it kind of still, they're not expanding into other areas of the park. It's literally within Superman's ride envelope. Yeah, I think having the two rides not play off with one another is a really big missed opportunity. I think the more I talk about that, the more I get excited about it. And I think besides a few dueling coasters, I don't think anyone's really married up two rides working together on one storyline, like, ever. Uh, there is one. So, at Alton Towers, you had the original Nemesis. And in 2012, they opened up a indoor drop tower ride known as Nemesis Subterra, which actually expanded upon the overarching lore surrounding the Nemesis monster. And it's been standing but not operating for a number of years. It was only open for about four years before they shut it down. And because of the retract that's actually happening with Nemesis, there's been a lot of work being done around the old Subterra ride show building. And it, pretty much all signs point towards that ride is going to be reopening again. So that is a good example of a theme park taking a pre-existing intellectual, pro well, their own intellectual property and expanding the lore across multiple attractions. I've just got that Clash song in my head right now, thinking about the lore. <laughs> but yeah, that's a really interesting point. I don't, like you asked about where's my money. I don't think my money's on that, but that would be friggin' awesome. Okay, so... So, my bets on The Flash, uh, what are your guys' bets on? Aquaman, just considering it was a water ride, even though I don't think they'll bring over the water element. Well, we know they won't, I guess, because they haven't built a, a pond, anything. Well, let's hope not, because apparently that was one of the big issues that they had with Surfrider at Wet n Wild, was the fact that they were literally just constantly spraying what I can only assume was chlorinated water onto the ride at all times, and it completely stuffed up the linear synchronous motors. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, they would have surely built something to contain the water by now if they were going to go down that path. So, I don't believe. Now, I'm thinking the flash and the more I think about it. Matt, you haven't really said much. What do you think? 
Give me one second. I got to carry my dog downstairs. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well, look, while Matt goes and attends to his unruly pets, uh, let's move on to the whole fact that it is being moved to Movie World. And is that the right choice? Could it have gone to SeaWorld instead? Now, my understanding is that when Village Roadshow did purchase Surf Rider, the original destination for that ride was SeaWorld. And I can only assume under not getting um, construction permits cleared or something along those lines, they were forced to relocate it to Wet n' Wild. So I'm curious as to how you guys feel about it being moved to Movie World rather than SeaWorld. I think Movie World's the premier park for Village, and I think Movie World has had the most negative PR. It's also technically the, you know, out of SeaWorld and Movie World, the park that's not really going to have a ride uh, until, you know, next year. So, and they've also had a lot of issues of downtime. So, I think it makes sense, even though long term, I think SeaWorld probably should have another ride over Movie World. I think Movie World is more time critical. Yeah, I think Movie World... um Definitely has a capacity issue, especially with the loss of Scooby-Doo, the loss of Arkham a couple of years ago. And they've had quite a few maintenance nightmares. Doomsday, for example, Superman running one train. They desperately need capacity. But it, like, I don't know, it just seems as though the timing around it, like it was destined for SeaWorld again because they leveled out just the station of the log ride, which seemed like a perfect spot for it. I must admit- the log ride leveling, one, it did seem too small. And why would they put gravel there if they were going to build a foundation, like a proper foundation? I, I never saw that and thought, oh, here comes Surf Rider. But you said something else, Matt, that I really want to touch on. Oh, and I, I think this is slightly controversial, Ooh. but I think it might be something that maybe it was considered. But Doomsday, it's had such a terrible time with reliability, the ride experience at best is average. The whole area, I think, has just not aged well for for many reasons. But I think maybe, you know, it would have inserted a little bit of new life to that area if they were to add Surfrider there. And to be honest with you, I think it would have actually made a lot more sense and it would have removed the whole, hey, this ride never opens feeling that a lot of people have about Doomsday. So, I think uh, while it may come across as wasteful, that actually would have been a really good idea because there is already issues with crowding where Superman is. You know, obviously, it's not a huge area. Plus, Wizard of Oz will probably only add to that. I personally think that maybe Doomsday would have been a better area. But yes, definitely a little bit sort of more expensive to remove the ride that's only been there a few years. So, wait, you're saying that you reckon that they should have put Surf Rider in the Villains Unleashed area where Doomsday currently is. Is that correct? Well, I mean, I can only answer from an outsider's perspective. I don't have, uh, you know, insights as to the future reliability of Doomsday, the cost it would have been to remove and also if they could have resold it. But yeah, I think that would have made a lot more sense. It would have, that area of the park has very few attractions. It is far too quiet. We need to be adding capacity and, and making the park feel bigger, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And they obviously invested quite a bit in the Villains Unleashed area. It's now a ghost of its former self and it's obviously not helped by the fact that A, the ride never works, and when it works, it's terrible capacity. The ride experience is average at best, and yeah, I think that would have been a a bigger elevation to guest experience 
the surf rider, which they're going to squeeze in that small area, and it is going to feel very cramped once it all opens. At least that's how I feel it's going to be. But again, I'm, I don't have insider information as to whether that would be a financially sensible decision. Now, I absolutely agree with you. You know, with the whole Villains Unleashed area, it was very much a flash in the pan. It was very cool and innovative when it first opened, and it's definitely been neglected over the six or seven years that it's only been there. But getting back on track with regards to Surfrider coming to Movie World, I definitely think Matt's absolutely right. I think Movie World would have been put in favor of SeaWorld purely because of the fact that Movie World is in much higher demand of rides to increase the capacity. Although I would also argue that Surfrider's capacity isn't the greatest. I think you can only have like 12 riders on per cycle. And With Movie World's operations or just Village Roadshow operations in general, they're not the greatest. I can imagine ride cycles taking anywhere between five and seven minutes just to load and unload guests. But at the same time, it also makes sense because, like you said, you know, we're still waiting for the Wizard of Oz precinct, which is coming in 2024, and as well as Scooby Doo which is going to be down for a refurb until 2025. So there's a lot of big holes in Movie World's lineup and the demand for it being at Movie World over SeaWorld, especially since that SeaWorld just got Leviathan and Trident as well. That I think that's another key issue that we were missing as well, is just the fact that they just forked out all this money and development into SeaWorld, let Leviathan and Trident have its day in the sun, And then let's focus back on Movie World and get that geared up for Wizard of Oz and Scooby-Doo. That's a great call. But Mm. Triton's never open, though, so I feel like, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, it's it's like the same. It's like, what is Village doing with picking rides? But that's probably a topic for another show (laughs) or another episode. It was open. (laughs) Yeah, we, we spoke to a staff member from SeaWorld about Triton, and they were quite vocal about their opinion about, like, why did they put this attraction at SeaWorld? The high winds, the proximity of it being so close to the ocean, you're just begging for it to be only open half the time. Like, it would have been better off going to Movie World, where it doesn't suffer all those high winds, and it would have been able to have been open much more regularly. But I I guess I digress on that. So I think we all kind of agree that Movie World was, I guess, in the short term, at least, was the right choice. I think so. Mm. I think its success is more important to Village. That's probably my ultimate way of describing my thoughts on it. Mm. And who knows? Maybe they already have plans for a replacement for Vikings Revenge. You know, remember that that ride's been standing there basically collecting dust since 2016. And the first signs of them actually redeveloping that area only came towards the end of last year. So maybe they've got something in the pipeline. Who knows? I could also imagine that being in such close proximity to Storm Coaster would probably impact their ability to do much as well. Because I could imagine if they want to completely tear out Vikings Revenge and redevelop that whole area, they're going to have to shut down Storm Coaster for a very, very prolonged period of time. And Storm Coaster is one of the signature attractions at SeaWorld. So... They do have Leviathan to fall back on for the meantime, but I don't know if Leviathan could hold the traffic on its own. Yeah, that's another good point, Blake. It's a great spot for an attraction. Clearly, they've wanted to build there for a long time since they released a newsletter asking for people's opinions, what, like 10 years ago? So, yeah, I mean, it does make sense from that point. So, with that all being said, I mean, like, with the whole prospect of relocating rides, I kind of wanted to look into the logistics of 
relocating rides in general because this isn't the first time something like this has happened. We've seen rides relocated between parks or even just within the park itself many, many times in the past. Matt, you can tell us about uh, Project Zero at Gombaya World. That's a big one. Yeah, I mean, it's one that we've all recently just seen. So, I think it was a fantastic move. You've got a ride at a park that it wasn't its main attraction there anymore. It didn't draw the people to it like it did when it first opened. So, it became more of a filler. It wasn't its intention, but it became a filler in a way. They offloaded it. They sold it off to Gumbaya World presumably, who probably bought it relatively cheap compared to buying a brand new ride. And that's now their signature attraction. Uh, Whilst TNT is arguably the most popular ride there, Buzzsaw, or as it's now called Project Zero, which got a complete refurbishment, looks fantastic, looks brand new. It's our equivalent to DC Rivals. It's our tallest and fastest and most forceful roller coaster in Victoria. Yeah, and it's amazing how it's kind of like a one man's trash is another man's treasure kind of thing where- Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Buzzsaw was- It was put in with the intention of being a signature attraction for the park. It was a big investment for Dreamworld at the time because it was for its 30th anniversary. But it had really bad capacity issues. It had really bad downtime. And Dreamworld comes along, gets Steel Taipan- and they're like, we don't want this hunk of junk blocking the view of our lovely new roller coaster from the highway. Let's flog it off. And do you think that's what it was? Like, that's an interesting point. I have heard theories that Buzzsaw was encroaching too much on Steel Taipan's ride envelope. Something to do with the launch. I have nothing really to confirm that. That's just speculation. But I do think it also had something to do with the fact that because Dreamworld is located right off the highway, they do like to present the park so you can actually see it as you're driving past. So it's one of the main reasons why they put White Water World where they did, because they wanted it to have full visibility from the highway. You know, instead of already expanding on the water park that it was already there on the other side, they decided to put it on the other side of the park um, because they wanted that visibility. And I would imagine that Buzzsaw getting removed, or one of the reasons why it was getting removed was for that. I think the other reasons were definitely capacity and the amount of downtime that it suffered. But look, since being in at Gumbaya World, it's been significantly more reliable, hasn't it? Yeah. No, I personally haven't seen any downtime issues with it. I've spoken to multiple people at the park around it. And they all seem really happy with it. it when I say it's a refurbishment, it's not just a track repaint. They contacted Mauer and they- put it up to spec with, I guess, their later model Skyloops before they stopped making them. So, some of the things he was saying, and I hope some of the listeners can understand because I certainly don't, they're saying like the pneumatic system was changed from a soft line to a hard line. The brake was completely rebuilt. The trains were completely fixed up and everything. And I think at the end of the day as well, it comes down to what was the ride to Dreamworld and not calling it trash, but using your, um, your quote before, one man's trash, another man's treasure. Dreamworld probably didn't put as much into the ride because they weren't getting much out of it. Um, Gumbaya are going to get significantly more out of the ride. Plus, they get the benefit of having Monday to Friday to maintain it with no guests on it because it's only open on the weekend. So, they can put significantly more into making sure it's reliable, it's operating, it's well-maintained. And I think that probably plays into why, so far, we haven't seen many maintenance issues with the ride. 
I think also they're probably running it a lot less intensely than Dreamworld would have. But yeah, I think probably a good overhaul also did it a, a world of good. What do you mean by less intensely? Well, I can curious to hear. I mean, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but probably during the week, it's not running f- oh, yeah. as often as Dreamworld would have. At current, they only operate on the weekends. Well, there you go. Mm. Yeah, and that's yeah. probably a good move on their part. You know, like they're still quite a small regional park. Like they're still spreading their wings, I guess, especially we're getting Project Zero and TNT at the same time, which was quite an ambitious move on their part. But, you know, that's only one aspect or one reason why a ride would get relocated. You know, sometimes an entire theme park can just go belly up. And then as a means of, like, I guess, reducing debt, the park that's gone under will just sell off a bunch of their rides. And, Ash, I know you you were quite passionate about what happened with Hard Rock Park a number of years ago. Yeah. So, hard. sorry, by the way, if you hear some noises, just my cat (laughs) trying to... uh, I don't know. He wants my to computer. Be that. That's why you shut the door. <laughs> well, if I shut the door, I hear banging on the door and meowing. So, I don't know what's best. I've just learned to just give in. But look, yeah, Hard Rock Park, it uh, closed officially. This is including its one rebrand. But yeah, officially closed 2009. A couple of years later, uh, five of their roller coasters ended up going over to... Vietnam, two separate parks, uh, one of which didn't reopen uh, the, the roller coaster, but all four did otherwise. And yeah, I mean, it does happen that parks and roller coasters move. I mean, I know Cedar Fair and Six Flags in the States, they uh, sometimes get a bit of flack for doing the same thing. They uh, change roller coasters to different markets. Maybe a roller coaster didn't have a very good run and they give it another whirl. I think uh, I'm a little bit guessing, like, maybe not guessing, but I'm going off memory, I believe. The Knott's Berry Farm, whatever tower it was, went to a state that had different laws regarding maintenance or something like that. I'm happy to fact check that and we can edit that out if I'm wrong. But for whatever reason, parks do do it. And I guess that's one of the advantages of being a chain park like Village Roadshow. They can, you know, move rides where they see fit and ultimately would work out cheaper than building a new roller coaster from scratch. It's interesting that you mention Six Flags and Cedar Fair because, you know, when you have a theme park chain, so the multiple theme parks are under the one corporation, they do have the benefit of being able to relocate rides between their properties as, I guess, like a cheap but effective way of adding a new attraction to like one of their smaller parks. Like, for instance, when Cedar Fair acquired Geauga Lake off of Six Flags, they shut down the park and a lot of those rides got dispersed amongst the other Cedar Fair parks, like for instance, a big B&M Flawless Coaster there ended up going to King's Dominion, now known as Dominator. I believe there was a Vacoma SLC as well that went to one of the parks or a Boomerang. I can't remember off the... uh, It's been a long time, but yeah, it's exactly right. You know, it's definitely a very good strategy, I guess, from a business standpoint that, you know, we have this asset that it may not be particularly working at this particular property, but it might do a lot better if we move it to another park. And I think that's exactly what Movie World is doing, or Village Roadshow is doing, rather, with Surfrider. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Mostly as well, I mean, look at Sky Coaster, look at Surfrider. They're not really water park attractions, from what I would say anyway. I think they don't really fit very well. And I can't comment because I haven't been to Wet n' Wild whilst the ride has been open, but I can't imagine it would have been hugely popular. Do you guys have any comment on how popular it was? I remember going on Surfrider within the first couple of seasons of it opening, and it was quite popular. I will 
note though, it's not the most comfortable experience riding without a shirt because you have the old intimate over the shoulder restraint things. And it was just, I don't know. I just thought it was a bit weird sitting on a ride without a shirt on personally. Yeah, Gumbai has definitely got that going for him at the moment with their blended worlds, so you can move between them. I'd argue the most inconvenient thing in that instance, which is totally off topic, is when someone comes like myself who hasn't been to the water park and you sit in a wet seat because the person before you has come straight from the water park. Oh, (laughs) fair enough. I wonder if Adventure World kind of has similar issues because they kind of have a blend of water rides and dry rides as well, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, a couple of parks have that. Funfields also have the blend between the two. Uh, I believe from memory, Voodoo and the Pirate Ship, Pirate Ship being relocated from SeaWorld, both have plastic seats, which probably beneficial compared to Buzzsaw slash Project Zero's more. Is it leather or vinyl covered seat? And then the new Vacoma trains as well. It is plastic, but it's kind of like coated in something. So, I guess it holds the water a lot more than what like a slick plastic surface would. Hmm. Interesting. It's funny you should mention Funfields as well, because they also got another relocated ride from Dreamworld. It was the old Stingray, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Stingray, which they operated as Burnout, I believe. It's now actually sitting in their car park, so they're trying to relocate it as well. I think from memory, from rumours, they did have a buyer, but the buyer backed out. So, the ride's literally been sitting for the last three or four seasons in their car park. So, I guess it's been relocated into the car park. Oh, Wow. I wonder how long it takes for, like, a theme park is willing to hold on to an attraction until they decide, ah, oh, no one's going to buy this, let's just take it to the scrapyard. Yeah, look, honestly, I can't imagine Burnout is going to get resold. It's a very old ride, and it's been sitting out in a car park in the elements for several years now. No one's going to want to put the money into that. I feel like it'd probably be cheaper to buy one from SBF. Yeah, fair enough. So, well, look, I think we've definitely touched base on a lot of different aspects about relocated rides in and out of Australia. But I do have one question for you guys before we wrap things up. Do you think that there is another ride at any of the parks in Australia that has the potential to be relocated to another park? It doesn't matter if it's within Australia or overseas. Do you think there's any rides that have the potential to be on the chopping block to be removed from one of the Australian parks right now? I think Doomsday is definitely, like, I don't know if it would be a successful relocation. I don't know if it's going to be like a Project Zero buzzsaw type of situation, but I think it's becoming so much of a headache for Movie World. It's barely open. They're probably looking to exit that thing as quick as they can. Yeah, my money was, well, is definitely on Doomsday. I can't really think of many other rides that Village have, and I'm trying to think of Dreamworld, but I can't. I think Dreamworld's probably purged enough of their bad rides that they're happy with what they've got maybe besides gold coaster that would be my only thought but i think that's probably not got a another moves worth of life left in it it's it's kind of getting on in years i was thinking of gold coaster as well but given the fact that they just did give it some tlc you know they rebranded it to the current theme they gave it a nice new paint job and all that i do think it's still got a few years left in it especially since those old arrow loopers they are built so well in terms of their structural integrity. It takes a lot to bring one of those things down. They just keep going. Like, they may not be the most comfortable ride experience, but they still keep standing. But I could definitely see in 10 plus years time, Dreamwell retiring it and the potential for it to be relocated to another park. 
would still be on the table, especially since that, you know, Vacoma still service a lot of those arrow loopers because they basically have all the arrow dynamics blueprints so they can still keep manufacturing ride cars so if later down the track if someone else does end up buying gold coast so they could just buy a new train for it if they really wanted to doomsday i think you guys hit the nail on the head like if there was any ride that was had the potential to be offloaded as soon as possible i think doomsday is probably at the top of the list yeah easily easily at this point, they may just give it away for free. We never know. <laughs> They'll probably pay someone to take it. <laughs> I could imagine it going to somewhere like, I was going to say Aussie World, but I don't know if Aussie World would be game to purchase it. Look, I think maybe, say, Gumbaya with its slimmer operating days, maybe something like that. We just don't know what the issues are, I guess. So, it's hard to comment, but Gumbaya's taken problematic rides and made them work, at least for now. So... I think they are the front runner in my mind if it were to ever get sold. Yeah, it's a quick win for them as well. I mean, come by as we've seen from last season, I don't think they're short on any sort of cash, but they are getting more and more popular as each year comes by. So, I don't think it would hurt them at all to buy a cheap secondhand ride and put it in the park just to sort of add something, kind of like what Rebel did a couple of years ago. And it's still there. It's a trailer ride that's just sort of sitting in the park and it's filling a gap. Well, I could definitely see Gumbaya jumping on that if they got a really, really good deal like they did with Buzzsaw. For instance, Dreamworld spent, I think, about $7 million building the ride brand new. And I think Gumbaya World got it for like less than a million. I think they got it for like a tenth of the price, something ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that's what it was listed as anyway. So, we don't know what they paid. And obviously, they got to pay for transport, refurbishment, installation. But yeah. Yeah, that's a really, really interesting point. I think with that being all said, I think we should just wrap it up now. Before we head off, though, I think we should pass this topic on to our listeners and ask them, what do you think about the whole ride relocation with Surfrider or just ride relocations in general? Do you think, is it a good thing for the industry, you know, that they keep these old attractions alive, whether it's within the corporation itself or it gets offloaded to a different park chain? And also tell us what you think the theme of Surf Rider is going to be. And where can they do that, guys? Yeah, I mean, we're always happy to take your comments and everything over on Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok. So, we'll be posting content there. When this episode drops, we'll be posting things there too. So, just drop in those comments or send us a message or whatever you feel. Uh, we'd love to hear your comments. Now, Matt, didn't we ask people last week for some comments on this topic? We did. So, we put out on the stories. So, it's another great way when we're recording. We'll pop up a few stories with questions so you can get involved in the episodes. Um, so, we posted, what ride relocation do you think made sense? We got a lot of good comments here. So, I hope people are okay with their names being used. But we've got uh, Jordan who said that he's hopeful Doomsday's ride relocation will be to the junkyard. Similarly, um, Oz Thrills says that Arkham's relocation to the grave was uh, was a good move. <laughs> we've got Laura and also Hayden who say Project Zero was uh, a move that made sense to them moving to Gumbaya World. Uh, then we've also got another commenter who said Luna Park Adelaide's Big Dipper that moved to Luna Park Melbourne was one of their favourite moves, as well as the Big Dipper 2, Luna Park Sydney, going to the Golden Coaster in Dreamworld. And then finally, we've got Jared saying Surfrider went wild to Movie World, which is what we touched on today. Yeah, I think some definitely good mentions there, especially the uh, Adelaide one. I totally 
forgot about all of that. I remember Adelaide used to have theme parks. Yeah, I was not aware for the longest time that there used to be a lunar park in Glenelg, I believe it was. And I think that went belly up a very, very long time ago. But I think that would be a really, really interesting topic or something to kind of go down the rabbit hole in and, uh, and learning more about. I actually went to the Magic Mountain in Glenelg. I'm just just checking it was definitely Magic Mountain and not Luna Park, but I remember doing the little bicycle, uh, sort of monorail bicycle thing. That was very cool. But yeah, it closed in 04. So yes, that was the one that I went to. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. Hopefully, we'll get the next episode out a lot sooner. I know we were on a bit of a hiatus for a while. We had people wondering where we were, but- we definitely have a lot of uh, interesting topics lined up for future episodes, so please stick around, stay tuned, and we hope that you join us for the next episode of Park Chat. See you later. See ya. Bye for now.